Hey everybody, this is Josh. I just wanted to give you a quick disclaimer that we are humans and make mistakes sometimes, and by we I mean me. Um, there is a problem with like the first six minutes of this episode where Garrett's mic does not work because someone left it muted. Uh, so you can still hear him. It's just a little uh, quieter than you're used to, but don't worry. After about six minutes, we figure it out and unmute it and everything is great. Uh, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. I forgot I go third. And I'm everybody's favorite, David. Yeah, you don't you don't have to go third. It's true. It's just the way it's falling. You could go last, you could go second. Yeah. The only one you can't really go is first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Josh starts off. I host the show. The I'm the host of the show. One of the, and one of you the... all are my panel guests. Yes. Am yeah. I? One of the prime things that's gonna change in season three. You're going to oust me? No way. I've been the host of this show every episode except the See, ones I haven't been on. That would be a really fascinating element is if like we had a storyline in this show of trying to fight for who's the, lead, who's, the, who's the lead host. Next time on So Many Sequels, will Andrew finally climb to the top of the mountain? Mm, yeah. No, because he easily trips. You yeah. know what? That would be a disaster. Like, betrayal happens from week to week. If you we know, had like, to... If like, we do it... Let's start off season three with just Andrew as the host. We need a yeah. You want to do oh, that? Sure, why not? Energy. Yeah, let's see what happens. That would provide me a lot of energy. None of you want that. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, now. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? There would be a blood. Today, I don't talking about? No, I was going to say something else irrelevant. <laughs> I don't remember. He's definitely going to say that, though. I'll, it'll, it'll come to me later. So uh, this week on the show, we're going to talk about Guardi... What? Pickles? I said pretty close. Oh, I thought you said Pickles. I thought you said Pickles, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not talk about Pickles. Well, we are off the rails already on this one. Well, you know. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy today on a whim, I guess. No, last week we spun the wheel for the first time since September because, as you all know, October is Halloween month and we don't spin the wheel. We just have fun. Yeah, which but we spun the much. wheel... Um, and landed on Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're going to do that. Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, came out in 2014. It was, uh, I don't know what number it was in the MCU, but it was one of them, one of the numbers. It was by far their weirdest movie at the time. It stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, um, Dave Bautista, um, Michael Rooker. I'm naming these off the top of my head. I feel like I'm doing pretty oh, good. Oh, you're doing a good job. Uh, Kristen, good. Kristen Gillen? Is her name Kristen? Karen Gillen. Karen! What? Karen Gillen. Yeah, Karen Gillan. Sorry, Karen. Called you, <laughs> called you Kristen. Um, Never come on the show and then uh, Bradley Cooper, little raccoon, and Vin, uh, Vin Diesel as I am group. Uh, so there's more people, but uh, we're going to talk about that. Did you say Dave Batista? I did say Dave Batista. If you had been listening to oh, me, pay attention. Yeah, I zone out there in this part mostly. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my. Pro- that's what I feel like the the problem is with this show is everybody has a certain part they probably zone out on. <laughs> That's true. And that's not good. Yeah. Andrew is the whole show. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Garrett zones out during the box office report. Because yep. it's too inside baseball for you. It is. It is very inside baseball. I was saying the other day, I was like, you, you know how people make fun of like the, uh, the sports announcers for like, every third Thursday, he yeah. seems to hit a line drive yeah. to right field. Yeah. That's, that's where we get yeah. it. I go, I don't know. Yeah, you know, Aaron, you know. Aaron. I know it's your thing, Aaron, so I let you take you over know, and I just go over. Aaron Rodriguez home. is undefeated when it rains on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Well, we'll have a conversation about that later in the show. Is Dave Mm. Batista in this? Yes, Dave Batista (laughs) is in this. And Dave is going to do less box office talk today. (laughs) And in the future. Like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but did let's talk about, you know, every time on this show, for some reason we decided to pick a word to describe the movie. I'm feeling lukewarm on on that uh, segment these days. Okay. I don't know about you guys. We're still going to do it, though. Don't worry. Yeah. For now. For now. Um, Andrew, why don't you start by telling us what word you chose to describe Guardians of the Galaxy? Unexpected. Okay. That's Unexpected. literally the word I was going to choose. Oh, Weird. man. That's why I you think... choose backup words. Normally, I do. That's what I do. I think I heard someone's stomach growl during that. It was me. <laughs> you st- your I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> yeah, like as you said it. Like <laughs> I, yeah, because I thought it was. I thought it was something else. <laughs> Sorry, went, out there, podcast. You went, like, like unexpected. Okay. <laughs> uh, David, what is your word? <laughs> Mine is breakout. Breakout. I'll yeah. go next because Garrett's 
probably still thinking of a word. Uh, my word is dynamic. Dynamic. That's good. And now I bought you five seconds. Uh, thank you. Uh, I will go with surprise. Okay. That's that's, a, that's a, another word for unexpected. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what did you enough. say? I already forgot. Breakout. Breakout. Unexpected. Unexpected, breakout, surprise, dynamic. Cool. Does anyone feel the need to explain any of those? I think they're pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of a deep cut in the Marvel Comics universe. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people knew what it was when no. uh, it was announced and when it came out. Only like the hardcore Marvel fanatics really knew because a film had never been made mm-hmm. even beyond like – before Marvel Studios existed, they never did anything with it. They weren't even really featured on, like, cartoons or anything. Yeah. So this was, like, a big risk, mm-hmm. I think. You had these stars who – was this was this before or after Jurassic World? This was before. before. So Chris Pratt was not a movie star yet. No. no. Uh, but this is one of the roles that obviously helped cement that. Yeah, at this point in time, he was basically just Andy and – Nobody really knew him as anything else. Yeah, like, his, I mean, he's he's had a couple of roles in between here and there. Yeah, right, but like he's never been an action star. Like you yeah. look, no. at, you look at previous like no. Chris Pratt prior to he's Chris Pratt prior to <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's this humorous oaf that you wouldn't expect much from a, a uh, action star. And then there was a scene watching this movie where they stripped them all down essentially and put them in. Uh, prisoners jumpers and he is cut yeah and this was and at this time parks and rec was still on and it was like i think in my opinion the first time that you were like oh hello so right after this chris pratt became a huge movie star i mean he did this and then jurassic world and all that fun stuff well yeah within the same year he did um the lego movie Um, oh yeah yeah that was the same year as 2014 so like this happens every now and again you'll see like somebody do basically just blow up and have like two or three movies all in one year that are like all like Mm-hmm. I, 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 I wish I could think of another good example, but sometimes you see that. You see, like, somebody just have a huge explosion. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, everybody's it person. So, like, Chris Pratt's in, you know, the Lego movie and Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he hits it big with, like, Jurassic World, you know, and he's doing, like... He hit it big with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think there's hitting it big in... I think you can hit it big in different ways, because... That was his breakout, being, but I being, think you have to do more than that to then prove... Yeah, because I think it's Jurassic World kind of helped prove that he is a box office draw. Um, because Guardians of the Galaxy was really big, but you got to you do it twice. Basically, sure. it's kind of the thing is like, you know, it's easy to win. But then you got to go, okay, stay on top. Is it Chris Pratt or is it the Jurassic franchise? I think well, it's, it's a little bit seller. of both. It's a little bit of both. Definitely, I think I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, you can look at some of the other things he has done since those movies and. Say, uh, you know, like, uh, what's what has he done that hasn't had, like, uh, an IP behind it? You know, he did Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence. I did not do very it. well. And it, it did kind of, sorry, excuse me. That's the thing. He still has a lot to prove and no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He has so. not really proven himself to be a big, of uh, uh, someone who can carry something on his own. Yeah, well, but without he is a, a draw. Yeah, yeah, without without some kind of IP backing right. him he's up. No, we'll see how it works. He's no know? peak Will Smith. But then, but then, even, like, you know, even... Lego Movie Two did not do very well. No, that's no. true. It did okay, not but well, even though. even uh, I mean, but you can say that about a lot of people, you know. Um, you know, Chris Evans, outside of the Captain America movies, hasn't necessarily had that much success. Well, for him, you could that. argue he hasn't really tried. He hasn't sure. done. He had, he's done indie stuff really outside of Marvel. Yeah. Knives but Out's coming out. It's going to be good. That's true. That's I think Knives Out, but that's such a stacked cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big ensemble. There's so there Chris are some movies. Evans Knives vehicle. Out is one of them. Where I like, I wanted, I want to do an episode on it, even if it's not a sequel. I, oh yeah, yeah, it just looks so good and fun. I want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, but this is about Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'll not do. Yeah, that yeah. Let's. Right now. Uh... Um, but I also wanted to mention Zoe Saldana, oh, who yeah. is um, great in this film. First of all, but she also really brought a lot of star power to Guardians because she, I think, kind of went under the radar for certain people. She is Uhura in the in the rebooted Star Trek. Mm-hmm. There had been two of them by the time uh, Guardians came out. Yep. She yeah. was also in at the time the highest grossing movie of all time, Avatar. Right. Yeah. So she brought a lot to this franchise. Yeah, and she is severely underrated in every appearance the Guardians make. People always want to talk about Drax. They want to talk about Chris Pratt, and then they want to talk about 
you know, the raccoon in the tree is how they always put it. But Zoe Saldana is a very solid performer in these, and she kind of has to play straight man, which might be why she's so under o- overlooked. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Was she also in Pirates of the Caribbean? She was. Okay. She was in the right. very first one. Yeah. Just the first one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. She was um, um, she a lot was, younger then at that point. Yeah, she was a uh, – she was – I mean, she was one of the pirates on the Black Pearl. Yeah, she's Anna Maria. She yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she I'm, actually has a fairly prominent role in that. Not like a, you know, starring role, but prominent. <laughs> she has lines with she's she's she interacts with uh, Johnny Depp. So it's been so many years since I've seen those. Me too. Yeah, I don't know if she just gets kind of like if people like just expect her to be good or why they don't talk about Gamora more often. They kind of do now, but at the time. Because she, yeah, she does do a lot. She doesn't she, really have much personality in this movie true. compared to the other ones. Like, Star-Lord is a sarcastic asshole. So is Rocket, but he also likes to make things explode. Yeah. Uh, Drax was a breakout performer for Dave Bautista because of how serious and deadpan that he was. And his mm-hmm. lines were so deliverably good and then, that it knocked everybody out of their seat. And, and then, then, uh, then Groot's just so unusual right. a character that he kind of stands out. Yeah, that she just kind of fades into she, the fifth position, which yeah, is not she, fair, but she's pretty good. She's really, and she is, like like I said, really playing straight man to all these different wild personalities. She's the, she's the, she's the dad, or the, she's the mom of the group. She's yeah. like the, hey guys, we have work to do. Can you guys focus for a minute and stop being idiots? That's yeah. like that's basically one of her roles um, in the this movie. Is no. So it can be uh, a re- it might be an element. You know, I mean, I don't want to really uh, dive too deep into this. There's obviously the discussion about you know she is the only woman on the team. Um, obviously, we have Nebula in this film, who I think is also kind of underrated in her performance as a uh, evil as a bad guy, and how that develops over the series. I don't know, I, I, but I think that Zoe's great. Um, she has talked about in the past how she really loves doing sci-fi. That's one of the reasons that she signed on for this. She likes she wanted to work with James Gunn, and she likes sci-fi because in sci-fi movies, she can be basically a cool character, whereas in normal, like if, if she wanted to be in a drama, she's basically kind of consigned to playing the wife or the girlfriend. But in... Mm. Sci-fi movies, she can be the leader of an alien, ra- you know, like the the, the lead uh, leader of an alien race, or she can be an incredible assassin, or she can be, um, uh, she can be Lieutenant Uhura, and, you know, and be kind of like this representation for so many kids who are going to go see that movie. And um, so I, I I love seeing her in everything she's ever been in. She seems to be really well accustomed to science fiction. Yeah. 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 Cool. Good for her. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so another oh, one one thing we're on. well good. I'll go ahead. Are I'm we sorry. done with Zoe? No, go ahead. Oh, okay, I, I was gonna switch topics a little bit to kind of we talked about how this is a risk at the time for Marvel and Disney. Did anyone at the table? I'm gonna use this for lack of a better term. I don't think it's probably this extreme. But did anyone think? Oh, this is gonna flop. Because I don't think anyone truly expects a Marvel film to flop, but there have been Marvel releases where you're like, "Oh, is this going to be where we lose people?" Well, that's yeah. That's mainly in the, that's that's also mainly in the sequels too. But yeah, when when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy, that was, I think I think whenever I first heard about it, I'm like, "Well, I've never heard of this," mm-hmm. and I it didn't. I mean, it didn't really dawn on me that it was a that it was going to be a Marvel film because I don't at that time I didn't really pay that much attention to Marvel films in general. Right, sure. Well, you think X Men are Marvel films? Well, that was a long time ago. No, you still do that. Yeah, well, still let's do. not pretend you don't. <laughs> they will be soon. They aren't uh, now. I guess. Well, so here's the thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. That this is the first. So they had Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two. They had Iron Man. Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. Incredible. The Hulk. Avengers. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk. Captain America. Thor. Another Captain America, another Thor, Iron Man 3. So Guardians of the Galaxy, realistically, was the first one that was not some form of sequel involving the original four. And I would argue that Iron Man established himself pretty quickly and was well-known. Incredible Hulk, while the movie did not establish itself, also a well-known character. Mm -hmm. Thor, pretty well-known character. Captain America, very well-known character. Like, all those four that set the table were the the well-known ones. Guardians was the first one... That was, again, not a sequel, 
and a, and a bunch of characters that no one had heard of that were not right. like deep hardcore Marvel comic fans. That about. wasn't even going to take place on Earth. Right. Yeah. So right, the most different thing they could do. This is this, in my opinion, was the first movie in uh, five years where there was a risk attached to it. Even yeah. with the Marvel name, it was like, man, they really are trying. It was something. really yeah. a test of their branding. I don't really remember being concerned about it because I like Chris Pratt. I love James Gunn. Um, I was a wrestling fan, so I was like, Batista. Yeah, he gonna nice. act? That's weird. But I'm I'm down. So I was not too put off, but there certainly was like a, oh, this could go either way. Right. And, you know, on the James Gunn note, he had never directed a major film before this. He'd only fully directed two movies. Hmm. One of them was Slither. Which I love. Nathan Fillion, but is not a hit. No. And the other one was Super, which was like a dark superhero film starring Rain Wilson, I believe. Yeah. Which was also not a hit. Yeah, that's it. So this is – I can't remember who all directed the first films that came out. Oh, right, but, right. But picking out James Gunn in itself was risky, and the future would <laughs> make that come to fruition. But the, the he's al- not, he was unproven at oh, yeah, the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Now he's like a hot commodity yeah. at this point. Um, who directed The Avengers? Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon. Okay. At that time, he had never really directed a feature film as well. Correct. He at least had street cred from his television shows, though. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a well known commodity. Had he not mm-hmm. made Serenity by this point? No, no he had. No, he'd made Serenity, but that was also yeah. not. By the what? time yeah. Avengers came out, Serenity. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, yes. oh, I'm sorry. But Serenity but was not a not, not a big hit either. Obviously, not the budget that he got. It was a niche on, movie. on Avengers. No, yeah, you're looking at John Favreau, Kenneth Branagh, John uh, Favreau, Joe Johnston, uh, established director. Yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is a very established director. Yes. Joe Johnston. Uh, who directed First Avenger? He's an established director, but honestly, I don't know if he was necessarily like a, a well-desired director at that point in his career. Um, and then Louis Leterrier was kind of a riskier guy. He directed The Incredible Hulk. He's a French director, and I think they liked working with him, but it, it didn't, you know, turn out to be more. Um, and then yeah, James Gunn is sort of a big, sort of an unknown, and now uh, you know, but. For, something and this is why i have hope for kevin feige and his supposed role with star wars this is a guy who he and his team whoever he has around him they can really suss out potential and really suss out talent because whether it's uh the performers or the directors or writers or people working as a crew like they just find people who are like just sitting there waiting to be turned into huge stars you know um, I'm really, I mean, James Gunn, I'm obviously excited to see uh, his take on Suicide Squad, and I'm excited to see uh, Guardians Volume 3. But what I'm really excited about is for James Gunn to do something original again yes. after this. Like, now that he's made a name for himself, somebody will go, we just want a James Gunn movie. Like, do whatever you want to do, because now your name has your name has credit to it. It's like Chris Nolan now. Like, Chris Nolan, people just want to see, like, oh, let yeah. Chris Nolan do whatever he wants now. Hopefully he can write that Star Wars shit, because... Um, the- People currently at Lucasfilm can't seem to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are the only Star Wars directors who weren't fired from the film. Mm-hmm. The well, other ones have had multiple directors before they settled on. Yeah, it's been a bit of a thing. I, Solo fired um, the Lego Movie guys, like Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Colin Trevorrow was fired from Episode Nine. Yeah, which I found interesting because he seemed to have a pretty good success. He was the one who directed uh, Jurassic World. Seemed like kind of a hot pick at that point mm-hmm. and to like continue the thing on yeah. for some reason. And now they that fired, fell apart. or the Game of Thrones guys have left yeah. the Star Wars project. Oh, no, so. not the Game of Thrones guys. Oh, so sad. <laughs> um, going back, to, <laughs> yeah. Going back I to hope Mikey can fix it. Yeah. yeah. Going back to James Gunn, though, I I think that he is perfectly fine. I don't want to speak for James Gunn. I don't know James Gunn. I wish I did. I met his brother once. That was cool. You guys were there. Yeah, Sean Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gilmore Girls. Which was Gilmore year, Girls. Yeah. Which was a year ago. This month. Day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, he, he is a nerdy guy. Like a lot of this, again, a lot of the stuff that he's done is very sci-fi, uh, superhero-y. And I think that this is kind of his niche because he can Two. take, he can take those Two weird things. things. Well, yeah, but he can still take those weird things and make it, make it his own. Like, ha- have, have you guys seen Slither? I know you haven't. No. I'm not seeing Slither. Oh my God. I'm the only one that's seen Slither? We won't have to change that. Slither is a premise I that tried. is so stupid that it's amazing. Like, it is 
equal parts like it's kind of creepy. It's not scary, but it's creepy. It's so weird. Okay. But the action is very exciting, and the story is very good. It's, and it's got great people. It's got Michael Rooker, Elizabeth Banks, Nathan Fillion, and it's these alien worms that come down, and they're basically trying to take over. And the things that they do in this movie, it's basically – it's almost like satire, but like in its own right, a horror movie. Right. right and it, it's just so weird, but he takes it, and he and, gives it that charm, and it's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies as far as like a horror genre movie. And so him being a, in his element with Guardians of the Galaxy in this, it's it's I can see so many things. It's so random and it's so odd and being able to make it come together and make it work. And that's why I think that he was picked up for the Suicide Squad is he's able to take those ensembles, give each person their own thing to do but bring them together. And I think it's because him as a director seems like he's a very good collaborator and knows how to work well with the people yeah. that he's working with. Yeah, I think it's uh... – yeah, you'd mentioned that he got picked up for Suicide Squad. For anyone who doesn't know, he's directing Suicide Squad for DC. They're going to reboot that. But I do. I think I think Suicide Squad makes more sense for his background than something like Guardians, mm-hmm. just because of that. Um, he's got a lot of background in horror mm-hmm. and that type of thing. I mean, this is a guy who wrote Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Scooby Doo, yeah. which is like family horror, but there's a scary element to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's then strange. It's weird. It's weird. You know. It had real ghosts. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, it'll be cool to see him do um, uh, Suicide Squad, which is kind of the mirror universe Guardians of the Galaxy right. in, a, in a really v- v- shallow way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Guardians, yeah. but better it's, guys. Yeah. yeah. It's at, its, at, its, at its like lowest way, you, or maybe like at its simplest way you could describe it, they are very similar. Basically, um, and I want to, before I, uh, you can actually spot the Slither, swir- slither Worms in uh, the collector's collection. Oh, Have really? Noticed this? No, I've never noticed Yeah, that. look in the background uh, when they're talking. If you look in the background, you can see the slitherworms in one of his containers. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a cool little, uh, little Easter egg. Um, but, uh, yeah, talking about the Guardians themselves or the characters, it is an obscure place to go. We talked about how this is a big risk. You know, this is kind of like if, if, some, if like Thor hadn't worked, we probably wouldn't have ever gotten Guardians. Um, because it's just really kind of out there, and yeah, Thor sent us to space this, for the first time. Yeah. Even, well, and even for, you got a big ass tree and a talking ra- raccoon, like that's a yeah. hard thing to sell for some it is, people. It is, and especially it would have been really if like they hadn't bought in to like okay, gods and stuff, like you know, mystical things. But the uh, what I wanted to say was that the fascinating thing is like this team of that we have in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even like okay, yeah, you're 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 a comic book fan. You know, you've heard of this team, but this specific grouping has never was never a team in the comics yeah. prior to this movie. Like it would be a thing of like, well, Star Lord and Gamora are on the team, but Drax and Groot and Rocket aren't, or Rocket and Groot are on this team, but you know nobody you know, nobody else is on it from the same group. So they really picked out the characters that I think they had the most appeal and. Really, kind of. I don't know. They made it work. It yeah. really, they really tested the Marvel branding, and this movie did. And I, I did not expect it to be a big hit, but after I think the first trailer, I was kind of like swayed because I kind of thought, oh, because I, I thought, wow, this is actually people are actually starting to talk about this now mm-hmm. because they come on that first trailer. I feel like you guys, it, it, I feel like it's one of the best trailers that's been released in a long time. That hooked on a feeling trailer. Where you're watching this stuff happen and you're like, okay, this is weird. And they hit that, I'm hooked on a feeling. You're like, you're like, oh my gosh, they're going really weird with this. And it almost becomes too interesting to not go see. Because like, okay, how weird is this going to be? They're going to have 70s music mixed in with aliens and stuff. Like, how does that work? And it works brilliantly. We, yeah. should, we need to talk about the music here in a minute. Andrew. Well, what I was going to touch base on, I was actually going to move into that. Because like, I had actually... I had actually not seen any promotion for this movie whatsoever. I How went... do you live in this world? <laughs> How do you avoid like the Marvel promotional train? I I have because I don't I will not believe you if you say you were trying to at the time. I I honestly just at that point I really didn't care about Guardians of the Galaxy, but I saw that it kind of became a little bit of a hit and it was gaining momentum. And I went one weekend to go see it, and one of the things that I absolutely loved about it. Was the soundtrack? Oh yeah, the soundtrack is 
by leaps and bounds, my like one of my favorite things about this movie. It is a great soundtrack. the The songs to it are absolutely infectious, and it made them. It's it's just like Pulp Fiction. It made those songs a hit again. Yeah. It, it, and yeah, yeah. The idea behind the music in the movie for the uninitiated is that uh, Star Lord is an Earthling who was abducted as a child and had with him a Walkman and a, and a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And so that's why these songs are from that period, mm-hmm. is it's the only Earth music he knows. So, yeah, we get Hooked on a Feeling. We get... Um, come and Get Your Love. Come and Get, come your, and get your Love. love. We get Red... Redbone or is that the yeah, that's yeah, that's Redbone. Yeah, that's Redbone. Yeah, that's coming at you. Yeah, um, and then uh, Cherry Bomb. Uh, Cherry Bomb. I want you back by yeah. the Jackson Five. Like, uh, there's a ton of old yeah. songs on there that are great. Um, ain't no valley. Uh, what's that called? Ain't no, no mountain high enough. Yeah, and you're right. They do make those songs kind of hit a hit again. But what I what I think is cool about it is it by choosing songs that were already timeless, it almost makes the movie timeless. Yes, yes. Like it it avoids the. Um, risk of becoming dated at one point Mm -hmm. if you were to use popular songs of 2014 that may not live on Mm -hmm. for 10 years they chose songs that have stood the test of time for so long it makes it that much more enjoyable and he does it in a way where it doesn't feel like a gimmick Mm -hmm. some movies use a soundtrack to the point where it feels gimmicky yeah this is not one of them no this does i mean as far as i know i think james has said this or kevin said this this is that's it was that element when he brought it to the table that is why they went with him because this is somebody coming in and not just giving them the same thing that they've already heard this is like hey I have this special idea too to give this a per, like a connection to humanity is this is music which is something that is for the most part a universal concept you'd, be, yeah. you'd have you would struggle to find a place in the country that doesn't enjoy music and and making that Peter's tie to his humanity more or less uh, makes you feel makes you relate to him, helps you relate to him. Um, and the fact that it's all you know music from when he was a kid, you know, like really like you know that's kind of the reason in the universe why it's not any newer is because he was abducted when he was t- like twelve or ten, so like he wouldn't have any new music, and it just works and. You get into it, it, and it's also perfectly selected. Um, Gunn said that he chose music from the '60s and '70s because they were like really, they were cultural reference points for him, and uh, he tried his best to strike a balance throughout the entire movie. Sure, um, he said some of them he picked, he said he picked he went to the Billboard charts and just picked all the tops from like every year of the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. and then would listen to them in his home and think while he was writing. And he would some scenes he wrote directly four songs. Some songs he would get it would inspire scenes, and you know, and sometimes he would come across something that he thought was like, oh yeah, definitely have to have this in, and then it just didn't work for whatever reason. Um, and it is this movie's. It's what makes this series stand out amongst mm-hmm. the others. You know, like yeah. every one of these kind of has their own element. Whether it's, you know, I think Iron Man stands out just because of the. The star power of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. I think that the Captain Americas kind of stand out because they've really gone hardcore into like the action mm-hmm. element. You know, Thor stands out because it's really weird, but this has that musical component that just makes people love it. Well, in watching this movie again, I don't necessarily, and this might be controversial, I don't necessarily know if the movie on its own has the staying power as some of the other Marvel movies because watching it again, like, Ronan sucks. I'm going to say it. Ronan a, is an awful, stupid, terrible we, villain. I believe we talked during our Avengers series that Marvel has a history of very poor villains. Yeah, he was yeah, just awful. Um, the movie itself is fun. It, it's like the characters are good. Yeah. But like watching it, I just kind of go through the motions and like it wasn't as enthralled as I was, but the soundtrack still gets me. Slaps. I, yeah, it slaps I, right now. And then it's it just like say. that's the thing that I connect yeah. to. The most. It's like mm-hmm. the movie is okay. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. And the way that they work together makes it an above average movie. But if the soundtrack were not as big of a part of this movie, I think that it would just be a, an average-ish yeah. Marvel movie. Which is exactly what I mean. Like that's why they, they, they probably heard the same – oops, excuse me. They probably heard the <laughs> same pitch for making this movie a hundred times. 
from a bunch of different directors. Yeah. And this guy comes in and says, I have this, this special idea for using music and using the – because the thing is, the Walkman is not a thing in the comics. Like, Star-Lord has no Walkman. Sure. That's, and, and Star-Lord's character is somewhat different in the comics. Most of these characters are actually very different than how they are in the comics. James kind of put his own style in this all, all, all over. So, like, this is a guy who came in with a different thing. And, yes, it will, I think, have a certain element of longevity just because of that unique that uniquity mm-hmm. and how so many things, I feel like, have tried to emulate that uh, kind of thing since. Um, but, yeah, all the main characters are energetic. You're absolutely right. Ronan is like a really unbalanced character because he's motivationally very one-dimensional, but he's like super overpowered physically. Like he just like tanks a big, you know, like cannon shot right to the chest, Mm -hmm. just gets up fine. Ship crashes. They're all fine. Well, he has a power stone at that point. Yeah, but Groot saves them all, you know, and they crash in that ship. He just walks away, nothing. I didn't need no protection. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's got the power stone, you could say, but like... At what, at what you know? At what juncture is like this guy supposed to be beatable? And he like uh, even before he has the power stone, I think he just like walks through Drax like it's no problem. Yeah, and it's like Drax is supposed to be this big bad guy or this big uh, tough guy, and he wants to kill Thanos, and he gets owned by Ronan. Like I don't really think Drax is gonna beat Thanos. Yeah, which sucks. That's like his old driving motivator. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you driving motivation, I should say. I want to piggyback off the. What what you were saying about your your controversial take on it being just an okay movie, I guess. I also I've seen the movie several times, mm. and wa- rewatching it for this, I also found myself struggling to even think of how I would explain this. I do love this movie. Mm. I was also bored watching it. Well, as you've seen, and it a I, lot. and it's because I've seen it a lot. But there are other movies in this universe that do not bore me upon rewatches. And this is one of them that does. And I don't know why it is. I think it's because there are – I don't know. It's it's kind of run-of-the-mill when you break it down. Mm-hmm. Like I don't attach to any of the characters as much as I would to, say, uh, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man has moments throughout Iron Man 1 because mm-hmm. let's be real. Iron Man 2 and 3 are also kind of boring on rewatch. But Iron Man has these moments where you – He's down, and you root for him, and you want him to do good, and then you have this exciting ending and all this stuff, and Guardians lacked that for me, I think. Well, Guardians felt, I think, a little bit too formulaic in that aspect. Yeah. The building it, to its things, but I mean... For being so risky, it is formulaic at the end of the day. It's, uh, yeah, and it's really, I mean, it's... I'll be honest, I'm going to own up to something here. Uh-oh. I did not rewatch it for this podcast. <gasps> I ran, used to be Andrew's mo. I ran. Out, I, I sort of ran out of time. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. And like right. last You're night, right. it was like nine o'clock at night, and I was like, I need to watch Guardians, but I'm really tired. and I want to go to bed. I thought I have watched Guardians of the Galaxy probably thirty times since it's come out. I was gonna say you're the you know? only one who I would probably really trust to not watch it and still be able to talk about it too long. Oh yeah, it's uh, uh, it's a curse and a gift, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so because and the thing was it's like I know what I was kind of like I've seen it I know what I'm going to get yeah it's yeah, sort of the it's sort of it's sort of the difficulty when we're doing this show with something that it with these franchises that are uber popular and that we are real, really big fans of because I love Guardians I, I think it's very driven by the characters obviously like it's it's not so much like the plot is. the plot it isn't is. groundbreaking I mean it's it's elements of Dirty Dozen and it's or the Dirty Dozen and it's elements of you know a, a kind of run of the mill superhero film mm-hmm. with a with a kind of unfortunately underdeveloped villain, but it's it has a cool factor and it had a cool factor when it first came out of feeling like hey this is a sci fi movie a superhero movie that's doing something kind of different yeah that's kind of it, it was a refresh for superhero movies and I think if I think if Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't happen. I said I said if Thor wasn't as moderately successful as it was, we wouldn't get Guardians. If Guardians of the Galaxy was not as successful as it was, I don't think we ever get Deadpool. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, I don't know about. I don't know because I was. I don't know because I would say as funny as Iron Man as the you Iron Man series think... been, and as funny as some of the other ones were, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the one you could probably call the first true comedy that they did too, because it's. It, you know, you guys talk about being bored, but it is it ha- it is funny. And the first time we watched it, it was really funny. You're laughing out loud in the theater. 
Yeah, but Deadpool, Deadpool had to have been in development by the time Guardians yeah, came and out. Yeah, and it was de- in development and got canned. I mean, well, that's true. But what, I mean, even like also, the version that got made, surely what also was in development. I mean, another element of what got that made was somebody leaking a test footage that's of true. that. But I think that there's no desire to try to make that movie if another superhero comedy hadn't happened. It's the same reason that you know, if Deadpool. Uh, what, what, what one? I'm trying to think of which came first. You know, I think Deadpool came out in 2016. I'm trying to think of which one. Yeah, yeah, it came out. It came out okay, so Deadpool came out before. And this came out in 2014. So Deadpool came out before Logan. You know, and it's the yeah. success of Deadpool as an R-rated film that made them want to make Logan. So, like, the impact is there. It definitely had an impact on creating, I, I think, expanding the superhero genre to be more than just, you know, big guys beating up other guys or guys in suits and stuff like that. It was, like, it was funny, and it was fresh, and it used music, and it had... Uh, it had its own style to it. And yes, it is a little rote after you've seen it several times, but I still think that if you showed this to a 12-year-old kid and they've never seen it before, they're going to walk away. This is going to be like their favorite movie they've ever watched. I agree, and that's why I said I struggled with how to explain it because I would recommend it to anyone, and I do think it's very good, and I will give it a high score. But I was bored on the rewatch. Um, If I can say anything about the characters, I feel like like the the coolness factor, what I – what I took away most from this was that, like, this was it was more. This was probably like one of the one of the few comic book movies, one of the few comic book movies that actually felt like you were watching a comic book come to life. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, because like most most of the MCU, it's very colorful too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very well designed. Most of the most of the MCU uh, takes place on Earth, mm-hmm. and it, we we discussed that just just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. This doesn't, and mm-hmm. I think what I liked about it is the science fiction aspect mm-hmm. and how it, how you are, kind of thrust into this world that nobody really knows. As far as character development is concerned, I feel like there's not a lot of character development, and and that's, this goes for everybody. I mean, like because we know we know more about Star Lord really than anybody else. We're starting to learn about. Gam- is it Gamora? Mm-hmm. Okay. I I just had to ask. Welcome to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's been out for five years. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we we know about we know about you know little inklings of characters, but we don't really get into it. I think what really sells it is a the music, mm-hmm. b the humor, and c the Marvel factor. Right. The fact that yeah. Marvel has its name on it. I disagree with you about the character development to an extent. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen this movie as many times as you all. I've seen it quite a bit, but like me watching it, I was still bored. But as far as the character <laughs> development, each person has you, – you learn a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to kill everybody to start mm-hmm. with. You learn about Star-Lord and his mom. That's how things kick off, and then he gets abducted. You learn that Drax had a family and that they were all murdered and killed and that he is on nothing but a vengeance thing and wants nothing to do with anyone. You learn that Gamora is part of – Thanos and Ronan's group, but then she betrays them, but still doesn't trust anybody. And you don't really learn anything about Groot other than he's a big tree. You learn that Rocket is a science experiment gone wrong and that people make fun of him all the time and that he really struggles with it whenever he has that breakdown. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, where they continue to not trust each other, they grow and become able to trust on one another and consider each other friends. So I think it's basic character development, but there is character development, and you get enough about each person to understand their background Mm -hmm. and then at the end when they all hold hands in our solidarity i mean that's a big thing for them yeah Yeah. i think it's more character establishment is kind of what this film is more about is that this this film really establishes who these people are for an audience who has no idea who they are and you get more development in Mm -hmm. uh in volume two yeah i was was just gonna say that next week there this volume two is like almost too heavy on development yeah, because um, it's yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it, but yeah. yeah. So, um, does anyone anything else to add to this discussion before we kind of transition to toward, the, toward end, yeah. the end? I have a weird thing with Groot. Okay. I I remember a long time ago, mm-hmm. I saw like a BuzzFeed article or something about trees, and it was this a bunch of weird pictures of trees growing around things mm-hmm. like growing around a bench like mm-hmm. growing around a street side and it really weirded me out mm-hmm. and i don't know why i can't explain it it's just one of those like weird things that you have trees don't give a damn about humans no, no. and we, so they will be here long after we're gone yes but like any time that groot was shown like branching out 
it really weirded me out. <laughs> it gave me that feeling of watching those trees form around those and it was really uncomfortable yeah like i don't know if that might just be a me thing and i'm sure it is but like just watching it just whenever he had all those like weird little branches i was like it made my skin crawl so you would have just died inside his little tree i would have been like listen i'm just gonna stand out here bro like i appreciate what you're doing it's not i'm gonna go i'm just gonna die i'll be okay i'll be outside the ball Okay. Hey, Ronan, can I hide under you? Yeah, just smash, <laughs> vulnerable. Just smash me with a hammer, bro. Show him what you can do. And then, I, yeah. I like Groot. I uh, think... Who can't? Who, it, how, you, how can't can you, hate Groot? you can't hate Groot. I do think kind of like, though, the reaction to him is a little overhyped. No, like, I mean... It's I, I, like, he doesn't do anything. I get it. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's part of the point, is like Groot is clearly like... An innocent soul, right? You know, and he's like, like that's when you're very... when the dog is your favorite. Character. Exactly, and that he's he's so and, and because his dialogue is just "I am Groot," he becomes uh, that's easily translatable across every culture that's going to watch this movie, and so like they are all like there's no there's no cultural divide for Groot. You know what I mean? Like the Japanese love him just as much as uh, you know the British, the Spanish, who you know, then the Americans like. He's just an innocent soul, whether he's big old Groot, little baby Groot, or teen Groot. Like, he's and, – and the funny thing is, like, I feel like to an extent, after you watch the movie enough or after you've been watching, you know, his growth through the MCU, you kind of feel like you know what he's saying, even though he's just saying, I am Groot. You kind of watch and go like, oh, yeah, I know what Groot just said there. Yeah. Yeah. But So um, I believe this movie came out in late summer, mm-hmm. 2014. Yeah. So why don't you hit us with well, hang, some numbers? Hang on. Oh, I got oh. one one more thing. Before. Well, this is one F. more thing. This is one more. This is, this is quick. <laughs> trying to right. wrap him up. I put it out here. I put it out here. I put it out here. We wanted we wanted stuff from the audience. So we got some one words. They've called it innovative, Marvel S, galactic. Uh, we I put it out on Reddit. What do they think over there? I uh, got some interesting answers here. We'll have to talk about one of these next week for volume two. But uh, I got the word fun. They think it's fun. Uh, one person called it juvenile. They're not know. wrong. They're not wrong, but I just don't know that it's a bad uh, thing. No. But the most part, for they their, do it tastefully. For the most part, their success. That was um, pro- honestly that commenter was probably Martin Scorsese. <laughs> 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 yeah, not cinema is what it is. Not cinema. Uh, uh, UV three thousand on Twitter said, "I believe the reason it was successful is because James Gunn and the incredible cast." And they put their whole heart into it. I feel like you can see that in the movie. That's more than one word. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that was my second question. I asked, why do you think the movie succeeded? Ah, okay. And then my third question was, uh, if you don't like it, why, what kept it from what kept you, that from happening? Um, AC Ace AC on Reddit says, I dislike Guardians of the Galaxy. I dislike the series and the characters because he believes there's horrible horrible representation of women. And he gives an article about Mantis, and we'll talk about that in volume two. Okay. Um, uh, and then um, people are looking forward to a third one. Um, someone says that he thinks uh, the reason it succeeded is because it has a really simple message, but it executes it well, which is just about becoming family with people that you know you have to be. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. I uh, I'm tr- we're trying to reach out more to the communities out there and get some more input from the audience. So Guardians of the it. Galaxy Volume 1 debuted August 1st, way back in 2014. It finished uh, with a 3-day opening of 94.3 million dollars. So in the opening that week was Guardians of the Galaxy, and number 2 you had Lucy with 18 million. Number 3 was Get On Up, uh starring uh Chadwick Boseman, I believe, with 13 million. Uh Hercules, I don't know if this is the rock version or that other version. <laughs> Which one? The the one with the rock. 2014 it might be the rock version. Yeah. There was another Hercules movie that came out that same year. Mm. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out uh, that same weekend. with eight, or It didn't come out that weekend, but uh, made 8.6. Uh, Planes, which is a spinoff of Cars, Ugh. came in number six. Starring Dane Cook. <laughs> number seven. <laughs> a good selling point. At number seven, you have The Purge Anarchy. Number eight, you have Sex Tape. Number nine, and so it goes. And number ten, a most wanted man. So you got two sequels. <laughs> I like how you just zoomed past sex tape. Like you just got it out there. Like you were so like. like I think everybody zoomed past sex tape. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was not. It was not high performing. It was in its third no. week, and it was already um, down to three million. Sex not tape, high that performing was, uh, sounds like it needs some Cialis. Hey, that was, uh, that was yeah, uh, what not was that? a sponsor. It was Jason Siegel, right? And uh, yeah. Cameron Diaz. Cameron yeah. Diaz. Oh, Cameron Diaz. Um, <laughs> off to, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, we'll get. To, we'll have to talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> okay. When we do Charlie's Angels. Um, <laughs> uh, two sequels in the pot, in the top ten that weekend. Uh, if you don't count Planes, which is a spinoff, which I generally don't count spinoffs. 
as sequels. Um, no. So Guardian of the Galaxy would go on to finish with around $333.1 million in the United States over its 25-week run. Nice. It brought in uh, $473 million from foreign markets, bring its worldwide total to three to $770 million. That's a lot uh, movie easily cleared its $170 million production budget. Um, at $333 million, Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, the number three movie of 2014. Behind American Sniper and mm. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Mm. Um, some other see, some other big ones in 2014 that you guys may remember were... Uh, Are you still talking? That's taking forever to load. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> taking forever to load. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier came out that year, like we talked about the Lego movie. Yeah. Uh, the Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, Transformers, Age of Extinction. This movie made more money than Captain America. See? It did. Which, uh, the did. first one? Yeah. Mm. No, I'm sorry, Captain Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, that yeah. is surprising because that's a that's yeah, a much it. better than the first. Oh yeah, yeah, than the first Avenger. Yeah, and I, I I might even argue it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I would, but uh, as a film, it's better. Yeah, but uh, uh, Guardians just kind of uh, eclipsed it um, domestically. Um, Transformers: Age of Extinction, Maleficent, <laughs> X Men: Days of Future Past, and uh, rounding out the top ten for that year is Big Hero Six. Yeah, good movie. Um, let me see. Back to where I was. Um, so, top, so five, oops, five sequels in the top ten for 2014. Cool. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, we've uh, we've previously been in 2014. We did Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Oh yeah. Uh, Sin City, A Dame to Kill. Oh yeah. yeah. 2014. Film. And uh, don't forget about uh, John Wick. Uh, John Wick June. John, John Wick June. June. The original John Wick. If you want to listen to our John Wick podcast, please go do them. Uh, Preferably in June. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, John Wick June was a big time here. Big uh, time. It preceded uh, big numbers. You want to lie? Big, big, no, big ratings. Good to be. Guardians. <laughs> Conan got nothing on those John Wick June numbers. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, you, had the thirtieth highest opening weekend for a non-sequel. Um, it was the second highest grossing uh, movie released in August. Um, <laughs> Gross. The, the number one there is uh, coincidentally Suicide Squad. Hey. Um, that's upsetting. 39th highest opening for a PG-13 movie, and the 12th highest in the it is the 12th highest grossing movie for the MCU. Um, so, like I um, uh, I kind of mentioned this on Twitter this week, and a lot of people um, responded to it. We were featured in a variety article. Hey, we famous! What? I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> we famous. Yeah, what? I, uh, I we tweeted were about featured this. in a variety article. Variety. You want to yeah. be a sponsor? Hit variety. Us up. Yeah, we'll get you some. Yeah, they numbers. Uh, they quote tweeted us. One of the leading entertainment news organizations. We'll get, we'll get you a nice T-shirt. We're at the very bottom. Go look up Variety's Suck article. Suck another podcast. Go look up Variety's article about Box Office Mojo changing its uh, whole system. I think. It's on our Facebook page. We're at the very bottom. Uh, but, yeah, Box Office Mojo is was one of the main sources I used to do any of these numbers. And uh, I, luckily I did this before they changed uh, some of their stuff. I had already got a bunch Collected of the Marvel that, stuff yeah. already ready because um, I figured we'd do them at some point. Right. But, um, yeah, they've changed so that now uh, Box Office Mojo is basically a, an advertisement for IMDb Pro. A lot of the information that Which I was gathering. an Amazon company. All this is <laughs> goes to Amazon. Yeah, so I um, – the stuff I used to do, you know, the, the inside baseball stuff, I can't really do as much anymore. And I can't do, like, for actors and directors and writers and things like that, which, you know, I, I is really kind of a bummer. And I can't do, like, genre things. So, like, I couldn't tell you where this ranks in terms of, like, sci-fi movies mm-hmm. or where this ranks in terms of Chris Pratt's career. Um, I could if I just went out and looked at each of his individual stuff. But that's going to require even more work, and I didn't. I and I'll, maybe I will, but um, it's going to take a lot longer. So uh, some of these numbers come from a different site called The Numbers, and um, something that The Numbers does that Box Office Mojo doesn't or didn't is a home video performance. So I got that's I, kind of interesting. I'm not going to go into great detail here, but um, Guardians of the Galaxy is estimated to have sold 61 million DVDs, whoa, 85 million Blu-ray oh. um, for a total. So DVDs are dying. For a total uh, home video uh, sale of $147 million, at least as of September of 2017. I don't know why they don't go past that, but that's, I mean, that's a big life. Do they include $147 million home video sales? Do they include VOD? It does include VOD. That's the thing. So, you know, so I don't know if I'm going to read that set all the time, but it's the first time I've really used the numbers for this level of. You're playing with your sandbox. So I looked around. 
And uh, and that's really it. You know, okay. it's a really high-grossing movie. Everybody yep. likes it. They're making a third one. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Made a second. Third. Okay. So, um, uh, who's doing the tomatoes? You're doing the tomatoes. So, um, I will kick things off. We're going to guess the Rotten Tomato score of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to guess 91. 91 from Josh. Andrew. I'm going to go with 88. I will Dave. go with 84. 91, 88, 84. <laughs> I, thought really he, I thought he said it. I, I thought I got oh, it no, dead no, no. right. Oh, no, no, no. I was recapping. He oh. got really excited for a minute. I did. Critics Damn. consensus. Yeah, I'm going to lose it. Karma. Guardians of the Galaxy is just as irreverent as fans of the frequently zany Marvel comic would expect, as well as funny, thrilling, full of heart, and packed with visual splendor. That was a long consensus. I don't know what irreverent means, but it's <laughs> <laughs> honesty is the best policy. We'll use it in the context of other positive words that were in there, and just go. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna bump mine up to ninety four. Ninety four. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go with ninety. Ninety. Uh-huh. I'm gonna move up to eighty eight. Eighty eight <laughs> miles per hour. All that was right. where I wanted to be to begin with. Ninety four. That's, that's heavy. Dog. Ninety. Eighty eight. One of you is exactly right. Was exactly right. Oh, the critics' consensus or the overall thing is ninety-one. Mother oh, ninety-one. <laughs> Andrew has walked away with a winner. The audience score at ninety-two. They are all connected, very close together. Okay, so this is one where the critics and the uh, the audience agree. But you is it love cinema? to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> but is it cinema? One day we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about that one day. But that day is not today. <laughs> Maybe next week when we're wrapping up an MCU movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now the last thing to do is to give our own ratings uh, based on um, five mm. Infinity Stones. I will go with four only because of the fact that I found myself being a little bored with the story but entertained by everything else. Four. I will also go with four because at, t- at moments it is a little formulaic. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Four is a good score. I will go with four and a half. I think it's, uh, by my definition, it's practically perfect. The one thing really keeping this from being like a perfect movie is I think it's just a really solid villain. Mm. And, and that, that too. That's, that's, the whole, that's kind of the holdback for me. I would go with four based on everything you all just said. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice opinion, bro. No, I would, I'm, basing it, I'm basing it purely on like this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Right. And it just... Um, there are elements to it that are yet yeah, that yeah could could have used some work, but all in all, it's a fairly it's a fairly memorable movie at least for me. So uh, a solid four won't give it the benefit of giving it four and a half, but solid four. All okay. right. Well, that wraps up our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. We'll be back next week with Volume Two. Oh, yeah. You can find us Gosh, online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find out where exactly you can subscribe to our show and look at our back catalog of episodes at somanysequels.com. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anything? Go to Soundstooth and download their app. Yep. The good guys at Soundstooth. Yes. Um, I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else. So, yeah, go find us online. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then. I'm Groot. <laughs>